We'll move on to our second speaker, who is Nicole Dominado. Nicole is a yeah. Nicole is a PhD candidate at the University of Melbourne. She's a tennis tragic and an avid fan of KFC, with this uh, influencing her research interest into the intestinal tissue regeneration. So please welcome Nicole. Craig Venter is an asshole. He's an idiot. He's a thorn in people's side and an egomaniac. That's not my personal view of him, but it is how a senior scientist involved in the Human Genome Project described him. It was not an uncommon description of Craig Venter, for he was, and still is, a polarizing figure within the genomics field. To understand why he was so hated, involves looking back at one of the biggest projects ever undertaken by scientists, answering the age-old question of what makes me, me. What made us the way we are? Why do we look the way we do? Take me, for example. What is it that gives me brown eyes and dark hair, whereas others around me have green or blue eyes, or blonde or brown hair? So although we know that our environment influences this, Scientists, encouraged by the improvement of technology, decided to decipher the book of life that is our genome, our genetic code, a code that holds all the information needed to build and maintain us. This code is stored in a long-stranded molecule called DNA. It has a twisted ladder-like structure with its rungs formed by four types of bases that make up the genetic alphabet. Adenines, A's, thymines, T's, cysteines, C's, and guanines, G's. A's only bond to T's, while G's only bond to C's, giving DNA a complementary nature. The order or sequence in which this alphabet is strung along determines many of our features, or any predisposition to disease. For example, if you have brown eyes, somewhere in your DNA, there'll be a, a sequence that reads like this. GA, CA, TTT, AAT. While those with blue eyes will have a GA, CA, CTT, ATT. Scientists believe that by knowing the sequence of the human genome, it would improve biomedicine, as it would allow for personalized medicine, treatment based on the individual and not a statistic. So in October 1990, initially led by James Watson of Watson and Crick fame, the Human Genome Project began. This would later be referred to as, a public, as the public effort. They had a budget of $3 billion, funded by the US government and the Wellcome Trust of the UK, and an expected completion date of 2005. Watson would later on be sacked after a dispute about patents, and later replaced by Francis Collins, who would see the project through. Researchers from across the globe were invited to participate with 17 centres and approximately 200 labs working on the project at any one time. They would use a careful and systematic approach whereby long strands of DNA would be broken up into large chunks. Large chunks would then, then be chopped up into smaller pieces with overlapping regions. The smaller pieces would then be sequenced using machine 
and reassembled by computer. After finishing the first chunk, they would move on to the next, and once all the chunks were sequenced, a computer would then reassemble the entire genome. This process was repeated eight to 12 times to ensure accuracy. So after trialing this method on smaller genomes, the public consortium began a full-scale effort to sequence the human genome in 1997. The project moved slowly, but showed real progress. New data was publicly made available through their website, GenBank. And the researchers involved can sense the fame, the glory, and the Nobel Prize. Well, enter our villain, our maverick, cowboy, asshole, Craig Venter. He came from a big family and was the son of an excommunicated Mormon. As a student, he showed little promise, achieving only low grades that just allowed him to graduate from high school. Soon after graduating, he was drafted into the Vietnam War, where he served as a medical corpsman. There, he was exposed to the devastating effects of the Tet Offensive. Unable to cope, Venter swam out into the South China Sea with the intention of never returning. However, an encounter with a shark challenged his mind. Back in the US, Venter went back to school and eventually earned his doctorate from the University of California. He was not unknown in the, genetic, in the genomics field. Early in his career, he, he caused a stir when he applied for patents for thousands of gene fragments he had discovered. Watson, upset with the idea of patenting genes and the method Venter used, criticized him in front of the US Senate and called him a monkey. In 1995, he applied for a grant to sequence Haemophilus influenzae, a bacterium that causes fatal meningitis in children, using a whole genome shotgun approach. So instead of breaking up DNA into chunks, Venter would chop up the genome in its entirety and sequence the small pieces and use a supercomputer to reassemble the whole genome. His application was rejected and he was told that it would be too risky and impossible. Well, he did it anyway, and in doing so, became the first person to sequence a free-living organism. He would later use this method to sequence my favorite model organism, the fruit fly, and of course, his pet poodle, Shadow. Frustrated and upset at the lack of urgency of the public effort, as well as what he perceived as infighting for who would take credit once a genome was complete, Venter took things into his own hands. Believing that the whole genome shotgun approach was far superior and more efficient, he announced in May 1998 that he had formed a new company called Celera, Latin for quick, and they would sequence the entire human genome by 2001, four years ahead of the public effort and for one-tenth of the cost. Adding insult to injury, Venter also announced that he would use publicly available sequences to check and align his sequences and saving himself two years. Celera would profit by charging for access to its genomic database and analyzed data. So Venter had thrown down the gauntlet and in doing so, his peers looked like fools. Venter's bombshell announcement sent shockwaves to the public effort and all of a sudden, Venter and Solera became public enemy number one. Worried by what, 
by what they perceived as Venter's intent to claim profit from the genome while simultaneously losing scientific credit, the public effort rallied. They were, after all, being scooped. Led by Collins, they implemented a new strategy. They would consolidate their funding to five sequencing centres, three in the US and two in the UK, with those losing funding blaming Venter. The public effort would also move up the schedule and release a first draft, 90% of the human genome by 2001. This was later revised and brought forward again to the spring of 2000. The plan was to get as much data out before Venter could make any profit from it. Who would pay for a human genome when you can get it for free? And so, a race to sequence the human genome began. And with the race, a feud of epic proportions had also begun. This was Kanye versus Taylor, the church versus Galileo, Donald Trump versus Mexico, and the rest of the world. For all his smarts, Venter lacked some social skills. A few days after his announcement, Venter attended a meeting with all the heads from the public effort. Venter, having no filter, bluntly told the consortium, in front of the media, no less, to stop sequencing the human genome. He was going to do that himself and just focus on sequencing the mouse genome. He tried to explain that the mouse genome was also important, but the damage had been done. Watson, infuriated by Venter's comments, referred to him as Hitler. Another scientist present at the meeting called him a bastard and threatened to punch him. The public effort wanting to discredit Venter's data then attacked his method. Articles criticizing the whole genome shotgun method were published in various scientific journals. They believed it was inaccurate and just skimmed over the genome. Collins even suggested that Venter's sequence would be the Cliff Notes or Mad Magazine version of the public effort sequence. Others called him a cheat for using the publicly funded data to put his genome together and trying to profit from it. Not only did Venter get under the skin of the public effort, but he also made millions of dollars from it, and at one point was rumored to be the first billionaire biologist. The animosity and criticisms from both camps was intense. They both predicted each other's demise, and soon a war of words broke out. Venter suggested that the heads of the public consortium were misleading the public on the completion date and the budget, giving them the nickname of the Liars Club. The verbal brawl continued with some schoolyard name-calling. Venter was called everything from greedy, Frankenstein, megalomaniac, arrogant, and my favorite, Darth Venter. To those on the sidelines, it was clear that there were some problems, but they weren't sure how to solve them. Uh, both sides making big cuts, there was definitely some bad blood. President Clinton knew there was trouble, with the feud threatening to overshadow one of the biggest historical moments in biology. This was, after all, equivalent to the moon landing. So he famously wrote a note to his then science advisor to fix it, make these guys work together. Realizing this, Venter and Collins met at the townhouse of Ari Petrinos, a fellow scientist tasked with making peace for beer and pizza because nothing brings two scientists together like free beer and pizza. In this tense meeting, Venter and Collins would try to talk and resolve their differences. They met a further two times in Petrino's basement, 
and eventually came into an understanding. So in a well-choreographed announcement, presided over by President Clinton at the White House in June 26, 2000, Venter and Collins set aside the difference, differences for a day and appeared together to announce that the first draft of the human genome was complete. The race to sequence the human genome ended much like the 2010 AFL Grand Final, in a tie. Collins and the public effort would later publish their results in Nature, a highly pre prestigious journal. Not to be outdone, Venter and Solera would publish their results the very next day in Science, another prestigious journal. In the end, Venter got exactly what he wished for, to have the entire human genomic sequence earlier, but it came with a cost. He had alienated much of the genomic field with his brash behaviour, and to this day, the feud remains. For all his eagerness to get the sequence, very little progress had been made in terms of understanding what it means. Having access to the sequence is like learning another language. You may know some key phrases and probably all the dirty words, but the rest is a mystery. So while we can now predict someone's eye colour, height, weight, hair colour, and any predisposition to disease with a degree of error, we only really understand in two, here in 2016 2% of the human genome. So when it comes down to understanding our DNA, we're all just the John Snows of the world. We know nothing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>